1: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Get Geek podcast. How y'all doing today? I am joined, as always, uh, by the Get Geek crew. Today we have with us Walt, uh, Eli, and whatever AJ is calling himself on the podcast today. Uh, Say hello, everyone, and and AJ, uh,
2: introduce yourself goodbye goodbye i am the carlos conspectus oh God, what the hell is that? <laughs>
0: right. please an explanation is needed that is
2: a school of sorcery in Oh uh, that's uh that's a, yeah, I
0: don't know that's a know. deep cut i don't, know I don't even, even know that one
2: yeah. okay they're based on the the stone helmets Con- conspectus? conspectus
3: conspectus all right hello hello i'm here today hello
1: you are present.
3: I am present
1: today. You are seems present like
0: me, today. Seems like me and Eli haven't been here in like forever. Yeah. So,
1: Y'all have been busy with some things. I haven't been around in a while because I've been busy with a couple of things.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff going on.
1: Recently. Us, uh, you know. It's been a while since I've been able to return to the podcast to, to be geeky with y'all, yeah. to get geeky with y'all. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to get geeky. We're going to geek out. We're going to talk about a couple of things, um, and we have a we have a main topic in mind, and we'll get to that as well. But first, but first, uh, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while. Uh, the best way to support one of your favorite podcast crews is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, the TikToks of the world, the Twitters, um, the, you know Elon Musk land, all of your favorite places. Uh, to social media. And you can definitely slide up into our DMs and give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the episodes. Let us know if you like them. If you don't like them, You give us some ideas for episodes. We are always listening. And of course, um, please check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you could. That's the best way. The best way. The 100% best way to support all your favorite podcasts. Um, So yeah. Uh, What has been... What's been going on with y'all? What have y'all been, like, checking out, geeking out about? What's How's life? What's the deal? We've been doing
3: stuff. I mean, we've been watching, like, mostly a bunch of shows. We haven't gotten on to Stranger Things just yet. Yeah. We're currently watching, like, what is it? We have Vikings.
0: We're doing uh vikings we are doing we just finished up uh first season no the first part of the last season of better call Saul. Yeah. Mm, okay um we did we, we started well, I seen that this yet. marvel
2: yeah
1: we've obi-wan yeah um what else if i have like, seen the first episode I of stranger guess. things
3: I, I said like
1: oh yeah, you did right? no. I do feel like we
0: haven't started stranger things and yeah. i feel like we're We're being neglectful in our duties as geeks. Well, I mean. Not watching Stranger Things. If you've been busy,
1: and and, and we all have, Stranger Things is a commitment because I don't know if you are aware and if the fans are aware, but the episodes this season are movie length, essentially. Uh, The first episode was, you know, with credits included, so that's about almost 10 minutes with these shows. It was an hour and 24 minutes of runtime. Wow, That's the first episode. It
0: was definitely
1: a commitment. I think it's what six episodes is going to be the first part of the final season, and then two episodes that are about two hours plus long will form the the last part of yeah. this season. Um,
0: they they broke it up in volumes, right? Yeah, yeah, like
1: part A or part B. Same thing they're probably going to do with Better Call Saul. I would imagine same thing they did, did with Breaking Bad. It's kind of kind of a thing since The Sopranos. I I, I think right. Sopranos is one of the first shows to do that in yes. in, in cable yeah yeah. so what have you what have you been enjoying among those things recently it's just a a, a bevy of shows what what are y'all what's standing out to y'all
3: um honestly obi-wan so far because obi-wan is I mean we've gone the furthest in that and I mean obi-wan's been doing pretty good um mm-hmm. it's kind of surprised me with how how they've been making it like better than previous star Wars shows I like Vikings a lot. Um, we're up to, like, the fourth season.
0: No, we're up to the sixth season. Oh, The, sixth the final season. season.
3: So the final season, and it's really gotten mm-hmm. interesting. I would definitely suggest that you watch it if you haven't, because it's just crazy with what they're doing and how, like, it's just, like, different sagas on top of each other, and it's pretty cool. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Also been doing, like, some Elden Ring and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Just today and yesterday, so it's been pretty good. I beat, like, Four bosses, is okay?
1: So you've been grinding a little bit
0: recently. Yeah, a little
3: bit. Yes, yeah, so Elden Ring is
0: definitely a grind.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that's basically just what I've been doing.
1: And I mean, y'all have been grinding a heck of a lot on on Elden Ring, also for for cross gen as well, right? With yeah, your yeah. with your streaming and uh, what what was your last name there, Carlos? With your can. <laughs> The Carlos Conspectus. Yeah, like with your conspec- conspecting in, in Elden Ring. Tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about y'all, y'all's grinding in, in Elden Ring uh, for cross-gen. And y- y'all are planning to do one later, I think you, you had mentioned, but I'm not yeah, sure if so that's the
0: case. This is going to be a shameless plug, but I'm, I'm not above shameless plugs. I love so them.
1: I love shameless plugs.
0: Cross, cr- the cross-gen podcast is uh, a podcast that both me... AJ and Eli work on outside of Get Geek, and recently we've turned on video, so we have YouTube content. All all of our podcast episodes are now watchable, right? Mm-hmm. So we have like a total of, I believe, five episodes of the Cross Gen podcast that is on YouTube, not audio but video, also. And we've also created another channel called Cross Gen Play. And that one has a total of 23 videos so far. Um, And basically what we're doing is we're basically Twitch streaming and uploading it to YouTube with some, you know, commentary and comment and stuff like that. And right now, the main focus has been Elden Ring. All three of us have kind of been doing a playthrough on the YouTube channel. So whenever we play, we stream. And... um, it's actually pretty good. you know. We do have some other stuff on there. Uh, I did a very quick review of Diablo Immortal, mm-hmm. the iOS game. And um, I'm going to do a follow-up to that because apparently I only did about an hour's worth of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And there is no microtransactions for that first hour. But as I have read and continue to read on diablo it gets much worse much later on to the point where it's like you need a hundred and ten thousand dollars if you want to complete the game via microtransactions no
1: i'm good (laughs) it's why i'm not a big fan of mobile gaming to be honest or at least like high concept mobile gaming give me like a simple you know clash of clans or something like that where there are microtransactions and play to win definitely works but i don't have to do that and i kind of don't care It's not a story driven game kind of where you have to pay to beat it.
0: Yeah, the crazy thing is, is that I I did that Diablo Immortal playthrough as Mm. soon as it came out. So, you know, on the video, you hear me saying, oh, it's this is pretty good. Oh, there's no microtransactions. Little did I know that the further you get, the worse it becomes. Yeah. So we have that video up. We also have a a video of Trek to Yumi uh, playthrough first hour and we have some other stuff. I think we also did Lego Star Wars also. Yeah, we did.
3: You know. So, um there's a, there's
0: a couple of things that you guys can check out
3: there if you wanted to. We're slowly building our streaming uh stuff.
1: That's kind of like you can preview if we ever if y'all are expecting a geek out episode on Get Geek, you can kind of go to Cross Gen and be like, "Oh, that's what they've been geeking out about because they have like the video up from playing Eld- Elden Ring uh solely, not solely. Um I mean, uh the majority of, of the videos are Elden Ring, and and that's got to be a remarkable game. I've I've played it, but I just haven't had any time really to game. other than in a little bit of Oculus time, uh, you know. And and in order to draw Walt out to to make time for a game, it's got to be a pretty special one. We talked about it before, but <laughs>
0: yeah, you know. So Eld- Elden Ring is actually very very good. I, I'm actually dying for you both, you and Gabe, to try. Um, yeah, I think watch. I think you guys would enjoy it, and you know, it being a Souls game, you know, a, a lot of people are kind of like intimidated by that because of the fact that the Souls games are very notorious for being super, super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but believe it or not, I believe that Elden Ring is probably the most player friendly of the Souls games. It, it's very easy to get in. And the fact that it's open world also helps out a lot because. If you can't beat a boss, just Somewhere skip else. him for a while. Yeah. Go for a while, level up, come back and then kick his ass. Yeah. So, you know, makes sense. It makes it, it makes it a lot easier.
1: It's more accessible than the other ones, I guess, exactly. in that way.
0: Exactly. So um, but yeah, that's what we've been primarily geeking out of on. AJ, what have you
2: been doing? And I Kind of thing so do you want also. a little more Elden Ring with your Elden Ring? <laughs> a little Elden Ring uh, with a side
1: of Elden Ring. It's because I do. Yes. obsession
0: in the Melgar household.
1: I do because your, your unique ability to describe your actions and gameplay is one of the best parts of, well, not just this podcast, but of CrossGen and of all of that and the video streaming that you're doing. So, yes, I would like more Elden Ring with my Elden Ring.
2: Conspicuous, or
1: whatever your name is.
2: I've been deep diving into the lore, also. Um, I've been reading a lot of Twitter threads, namely this one by Elden Lore Hunter Hunter Hazel, Mm -hmm. very artfully constructed uh thread. So, I'll give the shout out there. And, And can I just interject really, really quickly?
0: Um, and for people who don't know, the story is composed by george rr R. martin and if that name sounds familiar he's the guy that has written the game of throne books series so there you go
2: yeah yeah and so <laughs> couple of things um <laughs> you know the falling star beasts did you know that those are speculated to be baby Astels? What the- so, Yo, that makes the, more sense now. For the people who don't know, you
0: really, really need <laughs> to explain
2: what that is. Okay, so Falling Star Beasts are basically these monsters, well not monsters, they're these creatures that come from outer space in the form of meteorites. And so they have, like, these two huge pincers, like ant pincers. They have, like, a white head, some fur on them. And they have a mostly black obsidian-like body. And they look like bulls. But it's speculated they're related to a, a boss that's very, very much more so annoying. So think of that little thing, but... It grows up into a huge bug that has, like, a very disturbing skull human-like face. Same pincers, a huge purple eye in the middle of that really weird ass head. And, like, the insectoid body is, like, a huge plethora of stars and planets. That's Astel right there.
1: Yeah, you had me until the last detail, kind of, the, the stars and planets that he's sort of surrounded by. That's, well, that that's looks wild. That's part of him. Yeah. That's his body. Yeah. Is he that big, or is it just like? Oh, yeah, a... he's big. Yeah, he's huge. Wow. Okay. And the babies are apparently falling star beasts. That's just the, the to scale him. It's like, yeah, he's, he's like a galaxy, practically. Or like a solar system. Ooh, he's cute. He's freaky.
0: I, I I will say this. Oh yeah. The boss design in, um, Elden Ring is, is superior. I I think the only one that probably comes close to it is, um, oh what was that game, um, for PlayStation where it was just solely boss fights.
1: Um, Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the game is the the art design, like all of that is is pretty fantastic. Even from like booting up the game and seeing, like a gigantic, like tree of light, in the sky, and just Mm -hmm. staring at that in the background, it just looms and it looks so cool. And everything in terms of the art design in this game looks so cool. Yeah,
0: it is. And and the good thing is that everything you can see, you can get to, which is which is pretty impressive for, for the yeah. most
1: part yeah know. i'm assuming including even that tree of light it's probably prominent maybe not i don't know but yeah
0: it actually yeah. is yeah <laughs>
1: it's it's very very uh
0: pivotal to the storyline
2: right so what else aj or uh, carlos yes so like even this one's gonna really rack your brains yeah. the kindred of rot are related to the nox Again. Okay, so you know Noxella, uh, the Eternal City. It's really racking his brain. <laughs> Do you know those maidens that prowl around it? Yeah. It's speculated that they're related to the kindred of rot.
3: Which are the clean rot knights?
2: No, the pests. Yeah.
3: What? I mean, I know. Yeah. they're... Wait, aren't they at? The they Noxella? look
1: like weird alien creatures almost
2: um no they're not Split but spiders. remember you know the lake of rot? Yeah. That place features architecture that is practically <laughs> practically one for one for the Nox. And they're also like cuz Noxtella is like this this whole huge Okay, so let me explain just something really quick. Imagine There was a city of people that didn't like God, which in this case was the Greater Will. Okay. And the Greater Will has these envoys called the Two Fingers, who are basically his agents in the world. Now imagine these people say, you know what? We don't like you so much. Let's make a weapon that can kill your envoys, and you're totally going to be okay with it. No. The Greater World was not okay with it. Mm-hmm. So you know what he did? He goes, Your cities, bye bye. We're gonna sink them all the way underground so that way you and your precious knight can be as separate from each other as possible. Cause the Nox worship the night, the night sky. So like
1: <laughs>
2: so just something let me let me put it whacked out crazy cool stuff. Everything
0: will become apparent once you start playing the game.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the lore in the game, it seems like one of the things that's working for this game also, and AJ, as a big fan of this series, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, Um, the lore is on par, maybe, with, like, a Skyrim, it seems. I'd say
2: even greater than. Yeah, right? At least for me. Because the way, the good thing about Elden Ring lore is that, well, maybe it can be frustrating to some, but... It's not particularly clear in some points. Right. So a lot of what you're doing is piecing puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. How you put them together is all on you. But everything I just described can very easily be wrong. It's a theory.
0: Yeah. The Elden Ring is a weird game in that there is a story, but the story is not front and center. Mm-hmm. There, there is a lot of stuff that you have, and and this is, I think, a, a thing that's specific to Souls games. Yep, um, the story is almost secondary to the gameplay, but the story is still fascinating. The thing about it is that a lot of the lot of the story is found within the description of the things that you loot. So, for example, mm-hmm. if if you get a specific sword you can open up the, the inventory and there is a, a thing where it says description and the lore is written there. Of the sword. So Right. But that the lore is also part of the game. So it's not just... You have maybe about 20% cutscenes which explains the story. Mm-hmm. The rest, 80% is found in these descriptions and it's just like AJ said, you kind of have to piece it together to get the full you know vision
1: of what the story is. Yeah, that's kind of like um uh like uh the last of us or what is the other game that I was thinking of that you put a lot of lore together in the in the background. Oh darn, yeah. it just slipped out of my head. But there's a very there's a very similar game where a lot of the the side quests and things like that and things that you read um inform the story. And that's probably a consequence also of it being not just the Souls game, but George R. 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 Martin is like famously good at creating lore, and landscapes, and worlds, and characters. No matter what you think about Game of Thrones, uh, the show, in the end, all that world building was the result of George R. R. Martin's very good writing. I, I would yeah. mostly say.
0: Yep, and I, I think with Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones suffered, especially at the end, of catching up too quickly to the books to the point where they didn't have a proper ending to go to because he hadn't finished the books yet. So because everything was fine up until they caught up and then everything went downhill after that.
2: <laughs> so a little bit. You know.
0: Yeah. So but but that's that. So AJ.
2: Yeah, like and just going back to the point like you would not know anything about the let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven schools of sorceries had you not studied the helmets you get from killing those guys. Another example.
1: Actually, I remember the game that I was thinking of. Walt, you'll, you'll definitely agree with me. Um, uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect with the lore, oh, everything yeah, that you nothing. find, and every, every species that you discover, you get the, the encyclopedia yes. entries. Specifically that first game. Yeah, specifically the first one just overwhelms you with information like but it's I love yeah. I love that. Um and I kind of like the narration uh that they had for some of the the articles in the Wikipedia for Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Aj, what 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 other lore do you
2: want to throw out there before we move on? I to... think that'll be it for now. I'll I'll close it out with I'm on my third playthrough of the game.
0: Yeah, Aj <laughs> is far in front of us. Yeah, uh, we're still we're still grinding to the end of the first game. And He's already done it three times. What level? What's are are
2: interesting? You? Oh. Well, before I divulge that information, allow me to just say that even though I'm on my third playthrough, I'm still discovering brand new things that I had never seen or done before. I'm certain.
0: See, and this is where we differ because I'm taking the time to try and 100% it on my first playthrough. Um, AJ has kind of been playing it the way most people will play, right? which is, you know, you're doing the stuff, but you're going for the main bosses. Eli, on the other hand, because he's probably the most accomplished Elden Ring player of us, of all of us, right? He's kind of like skipping everything just to get to main bosses, right?
3: Sort of, yeah. So
0: it's funny because <laughs> AJ you has... He skipped a main boss to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> you know? yeah. So AJ, AJ may have the highest level and i think i'm you're in the 200s right
2: 242 or three
0: yeah i'm about 175 eli is what 131 but he's like killing bosses with like no
2: armor or at least trying to okay well let let me let me let me let me me paint you a picture really quick so i'm the most quote-unquote advanced of all of us but it took me about a week to kill Melania.
0: Yeah, it took me two episodes.
2: It took him about a day two days. Mm-hmm. Or no, the equivalent of a day. Eli, it took less than a day to kill Melania, yeah, the
1: hardest yeah, boss yeah. in the game. So you're like, like I did, kind I of let uh, me solo her a little bit. Yeah.
0: So. I, I did I did the oh. Millennia strictly on stream and the first episode that I did it was the final, what, like 40 minutes of yeah. me just mercilessly dying to her. And then the next episode took me about, what, 20 minutes? So about an mm. hour's worth of fighting.
3: That's basically
0: the same thing of me. No, you did not in like 30 minutes, 30, no, 40 that minutes. that was like an hour. Okay, no, it so wasn't. It, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was oh, sure. shorter than that. Short so, you're not giving
2: yourself enough credit. You actually did it faster than any she's, of us. Without He's armor, too, right? She's, no, he, he actually yeah. ended up needing to use the armor in the end. Forth. But it's yeah. it's okay. But it, he really needed it though. He, That's he, not a boss you can take
0: lightly. He went from full armor to fully naked to back to full armor and stuff. so,
2: You, know.
1: <laughs> he, you had a you had like a you kind of knew. Oh my
2: god! No 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 no! Yeah, he well, he did different say, wardrobe in the
1: middle of the I, fight. I,
0: Fire oh, that's right. Yo. The Fire Giant fight. But did I did I not that
3: made, also. I made a promise that I would beat the Fire Giant in 10 minutes. I did it in like seven or eight. Less
2: than that. You did it under 10 minutes. Yeah,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> it didn't take me that that short, but
0: I did do it in one playthrough, the, the Fire Giant. Fire, Fire Giant is easy.
2: Millennia is probably
0: one of the harder bosses in the game. Probably the hardest yeah, boss prob- in the and game. she's. A, and the, the crazy thing is she's an optional boss. You the really don't Legends have to fight boss. Any, You know? She, and, and it's funny because some of those optional bosses are actually harder than the main bosses in some senses. Like, it's like, like uh, Dusaks, the dragon.
1: It's like oh, Final yeah, Passaduax. Final, <laughs> yeah. <loves to> <laughs> <to> <laughs> Final Fantasy will have the weapon bosses in the in the games. They would like to do yeah. that as well. So they do things right,
0: so, so that's that's our obsession with Elden Ring, basically.
1: Yeah, as as far as me, um. I've been geeking out on a couple of things and maybe one will be a part of a larger conversation but uh I've been Oculus Questing or Meta Questing I'm sorry it's yes. no longer Oculus it's Meta. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to
0: the Oculus community.
1: I've done I've I've accomplished a lot of things over the last couple of weeks and in, in, including you know getting getting this Meta Quest um and this little thing getting married too. There was that other thing that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago also. Woo! Uh <laughs> But I got a meta quest, which is more important to the podcast, I I think. Um, And I've been playing, I've been playing Vader Immortal. Um, I beat the first episode and it's, it's really crazy. I only played the, the dojos before, but I really like the story mode because of how immersive it is and like flipping switches and doing like weird stuff that wouldn't seem like it would be that fun. But in VR, it's just really, really cool to have that level of interactivity. I got a new, a new, um, like comfort headset strap for it though. Like I can't take the one that it came with. I got the Kiwi headset, Kiwi accessories headset plug. What's up? Yeah,
0: you you should also try uh, Tales of the Qua- of Galaxy's Edge.
1: Which yeah, I is, heard,
0: which is very good. Also, I heard. If you if you like the stuff that you're doing in Vader Immortal, the only thing is that you're not playing as a Jedi, but it's still a
1: very very good game. Also, I'm fine with that. There's other games that have really good combat as well that can replace the the itch that. Uh, Vader Immortal has. I have all three episodes. I have to play the other two, and it's really fun so far, but um, I've heard of that game. I played a little bit of Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, and that's really great if you all haven't tried it. Uh, the interactivity in that one is really cool, too, and it's kind of fun to like walk up to a zombie, grab it by the head, stab it, and then hold on with one hand to pull the knife out. Like There's there's some great interactivity in that game. Uh, this other game I played called Swarm. It's basically Spider-Man uh, with guns, you're like in a in a in a Galaga or Asteroids level. There's just like robots, like the little robots, like those games, just come out and like chase you down and shoot at you. And there's platforms that you use your two guns to to grapple onto, and you can like pull yourself up. You can swing one hand at a time, and while you're doing all that, you just have to shoot all the the Galaga aliens or whatever else with your guns and other different weapons. So I've been. Playing that and like a decent amount, but as y'all are probably aware, it's a little bit more uncomfortable to do uh, VR for long stretches, your eyes get super dry, like, yeah. you know, the battery dies after two hours anyway, but like, that's basically gaming wise, what I've been doing recently, Um you know, I, I I brought my Xbox Series X down to where I am now, I'm actually in Atlanta, uh, I'm not in, in the city, at the moment in New York City. But I haven't even opened the box. I've just been hitting up the, the MetaQuest 2 for nice gaming sessions. Playing yeah, mini-golf too. Go. Mini-golf is fun. The golf games are fun. All the sports-based games are pretty cool as well. So,
0: ha- Have you gone into the experimental features?
1: Um, I have not I messed with stuff like hand tracking as, as much yet. I have a little bit. But there's this game that... Hand tracking is really good. I heard, and I heard there was an update like a few months ago that made it even better recently. Hand tracking yep. 2.0. Um, there's a game Waltz of the Wizard that I want to get that I really want to mess with because I heard it's like one of the best games in terms of hand tracking mm-hmm. it's, what it, it's what it sounds like it's a game where you're a wizard and you actually have to do like Doctor Strange moves and stuff like that and like shape your hands and like move them in certain ways to do different spells so it's like an unlicensed Doctor Strange game or something like that I want to try that because it, it uses all hand tracking you don't, you don't at all use controllers for that game um so I want to try that as well but you know I've been playing a ton of of MetaQuest 2 and I I can't wait to try some more games uh and see some of the new stuff there's apparently a lot of new updates and technology coming out in the next few months before I guess they release the next Oculus or MetaQuest 3 next year or something I think um but as far as entry level Y'all have definitely recommended it, I'm sure. But as far as entry level VR, that's still got like some legs to it and some good experiences. Like Resident Evil Four is another example. I haven't gotten that yet, but these are some of the games that are really, really great and AAA experiences. Um, short I'm surprised of you
0: haven't done Medal of Honor yet, no, that is totally up your your wheelhouse. Medal of
1: Honor, they have that. Um, Medal of
0: Honor is out, yes, and it's the full game. It's not. Uh, it's not a. Uh, it's a, it's a AAA game. So,
1: well, as far as I've as as shooters, I've been doing stuff like Pavlov, Pavlov Shack. Uh, it's free, by the way, for anybody that's looking for a fun shooter experience. It's kind of like Counter Strike or uh, games like that, like a little more, a little more casual. But obviously, VR makes it a little more hardcore with the with the realism that you get. But I mean, yeah, that's that's what I've been messing with um, a heck of a lot. And I can't wait to try more experiences again, short of until I get a PC, which at that point I'll definitely get a link cable short of half-life Alex. Um, I'm having a blast with it and enjoying the immersive experiences of some of the AAA games that have come out just in the last few months, apparently. So if y'all haven't picked it up in a while, uh, it might be time to to take a look and maybe even, I don't know if you could stream it on your podcast, but yeah, you that can. might be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's streamable, so you can do it. And um the other thing that I've been geeking out about is uh and y'all can give your opinion on this maybe as well, uh, is Miss Marvel, the first episode of Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. What did you what did you all think of that first episode so far?
2: I thought it was good. Um very uh I like how they kinda do the little comic y things in the background, like oh, we're going to talk about a, what was it, Captain Strange, and then you kind of see like a Captain Strange in the background materialize. Yeah.
1: And the, the drawings and the augmented reality kind of stuff that's going on in her imagination, mostly. Yeah. yeah. I like how they do that also because I think that the way that her powers work in this almost seem a little bit like Green Lantern, right, instead of the way that they actually work in the, in the comics. the yeah, I say that? yeah yeah Mm -hmm, Yeah. right she's almost like a a marvel version of of green lantern here but like the the effectiveness of of those cool little montages or whatever you want to call those aj is uh it shows her imagination and that'll probably come into play with her powers later on in the show hopefully um as you know as she uses them in different different areas of the show what else did y'all think of the of the show
3: uh, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I, mean, I like the whole, like, aesthetic art sort of vibe that they have going on in there. But, like the cartoons and stuff, like you said, AJ. Um, the power is pretty cool. I mean, and it's a pretty funny show in general. <laughs> it's not Scott Pilgrim, though. So yeah, stop comparing it. That's quick. what I meant. Stop <laughs> comparing I it.
0: didn't say it was Scott Pilgrim. I said it it had elements that felt like Scott Pilgrim with its, yeah, but it's, its weird... Um. It's weird camera shots and you know the the humor that it has and stuff. You know, that's.
1: I. I Pilgrim is its own thing. I heard the same comparison here, though. Not gonna lie, like I was talking to somebody in Atlanta about it, and they were like, "Oh, I kind of like the vibe. It's a little bit like Scott Pilgrim, and all that." Um, and I, I got to disclose something that's kind of horrifying. Uh, until the other day, when before I even had this conversation about the show being like Scott Pilgrim. I had not seen any of Scott Pilgrim. Oh, my God. Uh, and I, saw the I mean, first that's and
2: okay. Incredible. I took
1: a while to see that, too. I saw the first part of it, like the first hour of it the other day, and it it is fantastic, and it, it holds up, I guess, for that's anybody awesome. that has that question. Uh, yes. But if anything, I kind of see the comparison, like for all those that are making it, because it's definitely not that, but there's quirks in the humor and the art design and things like that that make it a Great. little. Like that, and the you know yeah, the comic book, like the words in the air and stuff like that that they also do like into the Spider Verse also, you know, yeah. in that augmented way, makes it a little bit like that, a little bit
0: like that. It ha- it has elements of it. It it's not it's not a complete copy of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it just has some elements of it. So,
3: but it's definitely a good show. It has a pretty cool sense of humor and it's pretty pretty good so far. But I don't know who they're gonna fight. Who the villain is gonna be. That's good
1: you know? yeah actually that's that's a question that I have myself I wonder who the the villain of the show was gonna be but um... right now, the villain of the show is the mom oh <laughs>
2: that's terrible so,
0: but you know what it, it's funny and and I say that in jest right but you know uh, this show is is pretty important it was important when it first came out in the comic books because this is the first Muslim American that Has been shown either on screen or on page Mm -hmm. as being a superhero. So you know, representation matters. I truly believe that in in the you know my core and stuff, right? Um, and and so you know, again, we're Hispanic, right? So we don't know that, but um, one of the things that I did read about it is that it does capture the Muslim american experience pretty well and again i can't speak to that Mm -hmm. because obviously we're not we're not of that you know we're not of that ilk and stuff right um but i i always appreciate when you have you know shows like this that make the case where it's like you know what not every superhero has to be this you know yeah and, um, i mean and I, I, really I like that it. it's an authentic experience the same thing with shang chi shang chi a lot of people were saying it really captures that ex- that that experience that the way it is and stuff so i do appreciate that disney and marvel is leaning toward that um i'm disheartened by the fact that yes social media sucks and you know there there has been some backlash but it hasn't been as pronounced as some of the other ones that I've seen, so yeah. maybe that's a good thing. But mean, social media, social media is toxic to begin with, so
1: you are always going to have those elements. I mean, you know? she's she's doing a great job, Mon Valani. As she Kuala is Khan. fantastic she's a in this, great show. young actor. On and the I, show. I
0: don't know if I don't know if you've seen her in interviews, but that enthusiasm and that excitement that she has that she brings to the camera. That's something that's just a part of her, because when you hear her doing interviews, she's exactly that same person,
1: which is so cool. You can tell, because, and, and that's something that I've been really enjoying uh, and noting a lot lately in the things that I watch. I think I mentioned it the other day to somebody about like The Matrix 4, for instance, that we all know we didn't really like that movie, but uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen as Morpheus, even though he wasn't the best character in the world, I enjoyed him because you could tell he was having a freaking blast playing the role and yeah. like it's kind of the same with a lot of other things i think another good example is uh what's his oh geez what's his name um for, that's in the guardians of the galaxy and what if um he was in amistad oh my goodness oh jaman hansu hansu is another like kind of like random example a, but you can he's tell a he's fantastic he's, actor yeah though. and you can yeah, tell he's it's... having so much fun when he plays that character especially like in what if where he's like more goofy and silly mm-hmm. right but that's something that I, that I really have enjoyed her in this role and I, i'm like we're gonna get super political because we don't do that here but like i this is me pushing back against the go woke go broke narrative if you think that that's true look at black panther look at um look at um crazy rich asians and look at stuff like this that's coming out and getting a positive response um you know all that is kind of nonsense like people love to see themselves represented in media ourselves included and you know, it's, especially if it's great like Shang-Chi was and Black Panther, you know, again, good examples are crazy risk agents, you know, it's it's good business and it's, you know, being a good human to just enjoy these things for what they are, which is just, hey, like other people being represented in media and the diversity of our world and our country being represented in all of these shows and things like that. But outside of that, it sucks it's 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 just a fun show and it's Mm -hmm. you know it's got um a little bit of that tween vibe that i would normally kind of be a little bit revolted by but
0: Uh, i think that was
1: that was the thing that eli was
0: scared of yeah whole teen cw
1: type of thing and stuff but it doesn't it doesn't embrace that too hard it just uses it for comic comedic value i think and the characters and the kids like especially are doing a fantastic job. Her friend is another standout. Um, her best friend is another standout in, in the show. Her brother, another great standout. Some of the young actors on the show are really funny. Mm-hmm. So they they embrace the tween, the tweenness of it when they need to for comedic effect. But they're also very dramatic and, and very solid. So I'm loving the show for that so far as well. Her parents are we're also not funny. forgetting...
2: <laughs> I hope we're not forgetting Dad Hulk. Yes. I was thinking that. just about to say that. When I, was I was saying her
1: parents are funny that. too.
2: <laughs>
0: I was literally about to bring that up also because I had it in my mind when when Jose was going down the list. And I was like, you can't forget the dad, man, because the dad is just so freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, when he leaps into the room and fully in green, just to show off the costume, not even to go to the event. He's like, I'm going to put myself in the full cosplay, like a week before we go, just so you can see how goofily awesome I look in this Hulk costume. He went all out
0: because exactly like you said. The face paint. face paint and everything, everything. right? Everything, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I kind of would love to see him do something silly, heroic later in that Hulk costume, even if it's accidentally, just, just for a comedic moment where he yeah. gets to, like, <laughs> Hulk out. You know, or something like that. So the true Hulk
2: has returned. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: I believe his father is uh, played by Mohan Kapoor, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking at the cast here. So I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I'm messing up those names in any way. I think I'm relatively close. Um, but yeah, he's another great standout. Um, the mother, Zenobia Shroff, even though she's like playing the, the foil, does it with, with, with it well, emotion, huh? you know, and you actually understand and feel her caring for kamala and in the show as well so it doesn't it doesn't end up being too cheesy it like strikes a really nice balance i think the show
0: and it, and it's funny that you mentioned that because that same scene as funny as it was uh fast forward a couple of minutes and that's that was super heartbreaking the conversation that she, the mom had with the with you know kamala khan and and so again like you said it strikes that balance right because in a, in one scene you go from the highs of dad hulk <laughs> to that really super hard conversation that um the, you know they had with each other to end it you know so um i i love the show so far so i i only the only thing that i i was disappointed was that we didn't get a second episode cuz i i think we're kind of spoiled now where shows give us a couple of episodes
1: yeah. to start just to get the the feel of it yep so you know disney marvel it is what it is disney marvel doesn't tend to do that but like i guess the star wars shows um the boys recently which is another thing i saw i have seen a few episodes of i guess if there's (laughs) anything else to geek out about but that was the other one how can we forget that was the other one all right so i just want to say i want to give a special shout out before we we end to dad hulk at the end of that scene when you see how heartbroken he is that he's not going to get to go with kamala he looks mm-hmm. so sad when, when he's like, you don't like my, my dad Hulk costume? So special shout out to him and a special shout out again to Mohan Kapoor, Iman Vellani, Zenobia Shroff, uh, and the rest of the cast who are real, real dang standout and are really making me enjoy this show so far. Yep. The boys, how far have y'all gotten? Uh, we're we're caught up. Uh, okay, as am I. And what are you thinking of that so far? Oh my god! <laughs> Crazy.
0: Oh my god. I, I I gotta say this. Um, I've always been a fan of Anthony Starr. Yeah. Um, from his Banshee days, mm-hmm. I think he is absolutely killing it this season as Homelander. Yeah, I, I really do. I think out of all the characters in that show, he has done a phenomenal job. Him and and, and Butcher um Bushers what's great. his name carl um, urban carl urban yep mm-hmm. yeah. he those two to me are really really just headed and and they're all fantastic actors on that show but i think right now you're seeing a master class between those two right now this season so far
1: yeah their conflicts their verbal conflicts their verbal verbal sparring about blood and bone and all of that so super spoilers i guess as as with all things but that's you know, one of the bigger shows, I guess we have to warn people about spoilers, spoilers, but like his, yeah. his conversations about having conflicts since like where we find the characters now is, is like kind of at a stalemate, right? You have mm-hmm. Huey working for kind of the anti-superhero government agency. Uh, you have Butcher working for him and not getting to kill people, which he absolutely hates, you have mother's milk kind of at home at the start of the season, doing his thing with his with his daughter at the very least, even though he's separated from his wife, we see. And he's he's one of the standouts for me also. I love Laz Alonzo. I love him yeah, as Mother's he's, Milk. He's very good. He's very good. And and in mean, like skipping not to skip around too much, but the scene in the most recent episode with him and Carl Urban, um, where so they have a conversation about how Carl Urban is like beep beep like an asshole, like you know, a grade A asshole, right? Um, or Butcher is a is an asshole, and you have Mother's Milk asking about, or talking about why he was, he was brought into the group, and Butcher tells him it's because he's like the heart and soul, basically. He's the one that takes care of the boys. Uh, so that was a standout scene for me. But comparison to season two, which I still liked, but was a drop-off for me a lot from season one. I like how they're starting off so far, and it's really like almost on a level with season one. So far, what are what are these uh, other thoughts or standouts to the rest of y'all with this season? I know. I AJ
2: forget what the octopus's name is. Oh, that poor octopus. Oh, yes. <laughs>
3: oh t- like Timmy. Eat the effing octopus.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I forget. I, I forget his Timmy. name. <laughs> yeah. Timmy. Justice Timmy. for Timmy. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. the, the, the deep is a character that you, you really. Oh, need. I hate him again. Yes, exactly. You know, there, there are times you look at the deep and you want to feel sorry for him. And there are times where it's like, dude, what are you doing, bro? You know, um, and there's been a lot of those type of moments in the season so far. He's so desperate to be um, included in the seven that and, and, you know, his girlfriend, his wife,
2: not right? his, wife. his wife,
0: Um she is really really the driving force behind all of the deeps actions you know? yeah which again it it kind of it's kind of perfect with the character because that that character can be so easily manipulated right
1: yeah. yeah although he has had he's he's had his hand in some some brilliant manipulations as well when it comes to homelander and it's really cool To your point, Walt, kind of how everybody is interacting with Anthony Starr and like how Mm -hmm. certain members of the Seven are really vying for his attention while other people are trying to basically kill him. Um, The, you know, the Deep and A-Train, again, A-Train also being a good example of a character that's killing it this season, I think, too, and really picking himself back up. Mm hmm uh what else oh uh, i i was gonna say to to your point really quickly aj if you go on the boys tv the boys twitter at the boys tv yeah i know
2: that's a hashtag justice, justice for, Tim- for timothy <laughs> it's it's That's timothy. why i said that yeah uh, timothy okay yes my bad timothy. justice for
1: timothy we were close enough but like there's an actual video in more min memoriam uh <laughs> for timothy that was hard to watch it was, it really was. and he really sold it uh, you know, <laughs> how
2: he's praying now
1: (laughs) i mean i love how like goofy it was while you still kind of felt that was one of those moments where you feel sorry for him right because you know he cares about that poor octopus although in in a slightly gross way as evidenced by some earlier scenes but yeah it's 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 really been a funny fun interesting season so far and the relationship that homelander the interaction that homelander had with uh with um stan edgar all that stuff that's Mm -hmm. going on with him i Uh, think it's really cool so far too
0: yeah man the chicken
2: man got outplayed damn
0: i'm kind of surprised aj hasn't spoken about this one character yet though
1: which character
2: oh i know oh yeah yeah, yeah. i know now especially with that big reveal
1: at the end of the last episode yeah anybody knows aj you, this, this my particular man particular actor. This particular Ackles.
2: Soldier Boy. Actor. Soldier there we, we go. go. Jensen
1: Ackles. Yeah, he's he's That's been really great as Soldier Boy. I think I loved so him on Soul Train. <laughs> oh god.
0: <laughs> he was great on oh, Soul Train.
1: God. It was kind of cool, like not for nothing, even though it's creepy when he was hitting on um Oh geez, what's her name? the the mallory mallory uh in the flashback scenes while he's like k- punching people and killing people and launching them into the air uh in in his past battle scenes but i guess this is where like he's supposed to be like the captain america of the boys and
2: and apparently as strong as homelander
1: apparently as strong as homelander though right or close to and we had the captain america like the full besides the shield the full Uh, reveal at the end of this episode it seems that he's been frozen for a few decades instead of the storyline that where they said that they killed him in the show so that's a another wrinkle right because the boys were looking for a weapon that could kill homelander because they thought that weapon had killed soldier boy in the past but it turns out that that's not the case i wonder if
0: they're leaning toward soldier boy being the weapon yeah, I think yeah, that's I think a clone of Soldier Boy. Uh, could oh, you don't also. think he's
2: frozen? You think it's a clone? Like, you know how. Because um, they also changed another thing. Um, Black Noir is supposed to be a clone of. Homelander, yeah. Homelander in the comics. Mm-hmm. What if it's this Soldier Boy is a clone of the original Soldier Boy and is made to be like the ultimate soup killer? That's possible. It's possible.
1: Maybe maybe they killed the first one because they couldn't control him and they cloned him. Like the one that you're talking about. Excuse me. Because they could control a clone more easily somehow. But that's certainly a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, they definitely changed the Black Noir backstory as we saw in the flashbacks. But yeah, that kind of begs the question of his origin, too. I think they're going to find a way to make that a big reveal. Not exactly the same. As in the comics, obviously, but it's probably gonna be, I think, pretty crucial to the story in the end. Maybe he's the weapon.
0: How much how much of the comics do you know? Because I, I have to beg um, indifference on the comics. Do you know do you know a lot of the story of the comics? I know a
1: decent amount. I yeah, I know that Black Noir is a Homelander clone. I know that he actually is the one that ends up doing a lot of the evil stuff that they blame Homelander for, even though Homelander is super evil in the comics also.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I I know a decent amount i know that that soldier boy is totally different in the comics also in certain ways he's not supposed to be some homelander analog he's also a huge wimp uh and like a well he's a dummy here too so that's not any different um what what are you what is the what are the differences that you're gonna make light of i guess or like how do you disagree the only
0: thing the only thing no 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 i'm I'm not disagreeing with anything and stuff i just i just wanted to see how much you you knew um
3: I don't mind being spoiled. I'm
0: not, I'm not, I do that in that. The only thing I I do wonder is why they changed mother's milk because my understanding. Oh yeah. I know about this. Could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not as, as you know, caught up with, uh, I haven't read any of the comics, but I was under the impression that mother's milk was had already had compound V.
1: Yeah. He was partially soup
0: right exactly and and they kind of changed that by doing that and giving it to
1: both butcher and um hewing i'm so. guessing because they didn't want to use the same literal source of his powers that is his name yeah. in the comics i mean they they definitely pushed the envelope with this show in terms of like sex and violence yeah but that almost that, that I don't know, is ridiculous not that I would it would be strange to me but it would probably be odd for a lot of people to see that in live action well listen we've got hero gasm coming up pretty soon
0: which um yeah uh, a, a lot has been made of that by the actors themselves so that's true. um that's going to be a very very interesting episode Talk about pushing the envelope! I, I can't imagine what that episode
1: is going to be like. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, oh boy! Any final thoughts on this show? Uh, any other I, any other standout moments or standout characters or questions before we move on to, I guess, what we all conceive to be our main topic?
0: I just, I just think um, right now the boys is is really, really killing it this season. You know, and I agree. You know, all the all the actors are. Are really, really, you know, working there, you
1: know what's off yeah. this season. So. I agree. I agree, a hundred and ten percent. Season, boy, season four. Yes. Y'all check it out. It's it's killing it on Amazon Prime right now, and it's super worth it. And if you haven't season caught up,
2: three or season four. It, it, season it is three.
1: three. Excuse me. Season three. Well, I can't wait for season four. That just got that just got confirmed. Another yep. bit of news, also. Ooh. So although there's a character that's not in the the photo where they confirm it that oh man I have some thoughts about somebody that's going to die this season but I don't think I'm going to do that on this podcast I think I'll wait for yeah, that um, okay yes yeah yeah I'll wait for that yes um, let's get to well actually before we get to it I want to make a mention for all of y'all that have gotten this far to thank you for to for listening to the podcast and a quick reminder please check out our social medias and all your favorite social media platforms Facebooks Instagrams Twitters TikToks like, rate, share, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. That is one of the best ways. Uh, actually, Apple Podcasts is probably the best way to support one of your favorite podcast crews. So please check us out uh, at GetGeekPodcast, hashtag GetGeekPodcast, hashtag all things GetGeek. Uh, yeah, let's move on to it. Uh, the main topic of the week is Kenobi. Obi-Wan
2: Kenobi.
1: Kenobi!
3: Kenobi! Kenobi.
2: Uh, he actually recently did that at a con, I think, the actor. Yeah. Kenobi. Yeah, he, he actually went to, like, a, I, I don't know which con it is. Don't even ask me. But I saw a clip where he's, like, in front of the crowd, and they're like, you want me to do it? And they're like, yeah, we want you to do it. And he's like, Kenobi! Kenobi. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Yes. Obi Wan Kenobi. We're four episodes in so far. I think everybody is caught up. Yes. This one has yes. is a number four, yeah. the big number four. And so we have, oh. we have had some positive impressions. Um, in, in the first couple of episodes, there is some disagreement. Um, I definitely want to rep Wolfie because he has some issues with the show. Uh, he's not able to join us today, and I can't wait for him to join the podcast and give us that counter perspective. Um, although it, it, the last couple of episodes, for me, that's all I'll say right now. What do you all think of the show um, so far? Okay. Standout moments so, again, standout characters, all that good stuff.
2: Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. I like, I. this is... <clears throat> Far better than anything we've gotten so far, barring the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. My thing is, like like I, I there's one interaction that I really loved the most, however not as realistic as it was when Vader came face to face with Obi-Wan once again and he lit those flames. Oh boy, that was that was some some justice done right. That some dark justice done right there. He should have been a hell of a lot more burned on the face, I must say. But wow, what a scene!
1: <laughs> what did you think of, the, just, of of the
2: fact that he he got away um, in that way? I I think Vader let him go because this is something I saw on Twitter also. Sorry for the user. I don't know your name, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to say right now, this is not coming from me. This is coming from random Twitter user. Mm -hmm. I think Vader recognizes that Obi-Wan is at his low and he doesn't want to kill him at his low. He wants Obi-Wan to build himself up so that he can destroy that. He wants he wants the challenge the the i'm gonna only use one helmet to fight Melania challenge mm-hmm.
1: well that whole scene was super chilling like with what he did to the villagers you know with oh, the, yes. the way that he chased obi-wan was very reminiscent of the way that he chased luke skywalker and the return of the jedi to me where or and the empire strikes back where he was kind of in the shadows and he would turn off his lightsaber and you have the panicky luke luke skywalker, just like the panicky Obi-Wan here, you know, trying to find him in the darkness with the lightsaber or otherwise. And then all of a sudden the dark Lord just comes out of nowhere and starts furiously attacking. Um, and I guess the, the slightly unrealistic part, although maybe this ties into what you were saying, AJ, um, Obi-Wan held his own a little too much for me, a little too long for me. But like you said, maybe he was toying with him. He didn't want to kill him. He wants to mess with him and scare him and weaken him and tire him out and, and just screw with him at his low point and then wait for him to, to feel weak, build himself out, back up and then kill him then. Um, but yeah. I, I will say
0: this and I, I think I've said this before in, in some older podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that Vader should come back in a horror movie um, and this That particular episode is kind of what I envisioned um, when it when it comes to Vader, you know, and and how you could do a Vader property because yeah, Jason quality. It's just like you said, exactly. It's just like you said. Mm -hmm. He was literally the boogeyman right there to Obi Wan. Obi Wan, you know, in every corner, he's looking at shadows and wondering, is that Vader here? Is that Vader here? Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. So, you know. I, I looked at that and I enjoyed that for what it was because that's kind of the thing that I've always said Vader as a property should be going forward. That boogeyman that's going around hunting Jedi's and that horror
1: aspect to it, you know, I almost no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you I'll let you go on. I want to mention something real quick. And this is almost something that maybe could be a whole episode of a podcast later on down the road. There's a great video by, you, on YouTube by this channel called Screen Crush, um, and I agree with their opinion um, that actually, of all of the things that Disney has messed up with Star Wars, and we're not haters, we're just things that we don't like, like, you know, there's some stuff in the book of Boba Fett that we didn't like, um, there's some issues with the show that I don't like, you know, Bad Batch wasn't our favorite, the, the Screen Crush um, video, And you all can give maybe a quick opinion on this. This could be a whole podcast later on on the road. The Screen Crush video makes the point that Disney has actually done really well with Vader. And I agree. You have awesome moments in Rogue One, you have the comics that are well received, you have uh, Vader Immortal, which is kind of a product of of Disney, the way he's represented in that, because that becomes a part of the canon. And then you have this. Um, I think that he's been really well handled by Disney also. Do you all feel the same?
2: Or not, I, I feel the same as long as it like I, I feel like this is gonna tempt them to overuse him, and I don't want
3: that either. Right? I think they're already overusing.
0: Him. I, I, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, you know, Vader has been utilized so far as a secondary character, so to speak, mm-hmm. in all of this stuff. So, you know, it, it's very easy to kind of do a, a character right when you're just focusing on. You know, very limited moments. I I fear, kind of like the way Eli says, um, if they decide to actually do a Vader series, because that's where that's where a lot of the shortcomings of Disney's handling of of Star Wars really really shines through. Because you know, Boba Fett was pretty good in the Mandalorian, right? But when they gave him an entire series, not so much you know vader has been really really good in all these little moments that he's had i just i'm i'm, I'm almost terrified of what they would do well, um with a vader oh series because then that forces them to do six or eight episodes of stuff
1: that <laughs> may not be as good well if anything i I, w- I mentioned it a moment ago and i can make the 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 counter argument that maybe they'll handle it better because they have the Marvel comics that are super well received. And maybe, maybe it could be like a joint Marvel studios, like star Wars production and Kevin Feige could, could run it and That's make true. it super awesome. AJ, I think you were going to say something before I kind of interrupted with all this. And maybe you have a yes. point about this as well.
2: Well, um, the one thing I was going to say that I have to give another shout out to is the character Riva my god mm-hmm. you you talk about a tenacious inquisitor <laughs> like mm-hmm. i i it comes off as annoying at some points but mm-hmm. i overall lo- i like her zeal oh like man. just that that was that was such an immaculate idea using lola as a tracker and it was so subtle too. And it wasn't until the end of the episode I'm like, oh wait, oh that's what she did. Yeah. That was incredibly smart. Yeah. <laughs> she
0: has moments of incompetence, but then she has her moments where it's like, wow that was really well thought of. Yeah,
1: there are some moments of for her character and all the characters where it's a little bit too plot driven instead of character driven and they do things that are a little dumb or silly. Um, again, it doesn't break it for me too much. And there's plot holes that break it a lot for other people, which we might talk about later in terms of a new hope in this. But I think AJ, you put it perfectly. Cause I agree. Like her zeal, she feels like a real world, kind of like a zealot more than any other Sith that I've seen before. Um, save of like, maybe like a Darth mall or something like that, or like, yeah, the inquisitor, but like, there's something, yeah, really about the, her zealotry and her, sort of almost like she's like a terrorist kind of she feels like a terror of a sith terrorist and the first two episodes especially she's pretty terrifying um like when she's stalking down obi-wan just like vader did again making those kind of original trilogy comparisons just like vader did in empire strikes back and return of the jedi all the all the your fear betrays you all those callbacks i think the, the actor is doing a great job of being really scary in those moments. So I have to give Moses Ingram a lot of credit when the character is written strong, she she freaking brings it. Um, and that's yeah. that's the thing with the show for me. but um what else did you have to say, AJ? I'll get probably get
2: into that as we like further discuss. Um, and then just well, this is kind of obvious, but just like you and McGregor man like he he there he's amazing you know and just like oh my goodness when we finally found out the i guess the secondary purpose of the tower inquisitorius or whatever it's called like yo when he went down there and saw all those bodies in amber that was yeah that was chilling and that's a throwback. Especially when you yeah. saw the youngling there, too. That's, like, that's Easter damn. eggs from a few different properties,
1: too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because there were characters. Really? Weren't there the characters from different properties in there? I would have to kind of go back because yeah, I'm not 100% sure I had to research this more so. I'm
0: pretty, pretty so. sure, though. I'm pretty sure, though. i pretty sure you're right.
1: And I think the youngling was one of the ones that we saw at the beginning of the episode,
2: if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. The beginning of the, the first least, beginning of the first episode,
1: Yes when they showed all those younglings trying to escape during Order 66? Um,
3: huh. I mean, in my opinion, well, I'm not going to go over the good stuff. Like, what I found was positive because we already basically went over that. Mm-hmm. But, um... See, like, the the show is amazing, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I have, like, a bunch of breaks with it. Okay. And honestly, even though it's, like, the best Star Wars show, and I would give it, like, maybe, like, a 90 out of okay. 100. Mm-hmm. Um, 90%? Right. Um... I just there are just some things that are really just I I feel like that could probably get like that could probably be a problem in this two future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, first things first. Well actually I'm not gonna go over this because if I would talk about overused characters, I'm gonna make some pretty contentious statements and I know Andre already knows. Um, but I mean I feel like what's her name? Uh Leia. She's getting a a little bit annoying for me, at least. Okay. And the whole, you know, the kid trope... Yeah. We that, have it with the Bad Batch. We have it with yeah. the Mandalorian. This is the third time we're having it w- with Obi-Wan, which I didn't think would happen, but apparently it's happening now. Mm-hmm. We have another kid, and it's really just getting annoying because, look, I get it, but at the same time, it's just... It's... um. I get what you're saying. Overused. Like, I...
2: I get that you want to cater to all audiences but like here's i i really do want just a show where it's just the dude taking care of himself yes like there's nothing wrong with having kid characters or occasionally having a kid character that the main character needs to take care of but when you do it for every single property you come out with, mm. it gets. It grates on you. And I don't mind Leia. Leia in this show is actually pretty awesome.
3: She's, she's pretty, kind of annoying. I, I don't find that. her annoying. But she's completely annoying because, like, throughout the episode, throughout all the episodes, she's just screwing everything up. Like, I mean, from- she stared down Reva. Come on.
1: I feel like Obi Wan is so the one who screwed lame things lame. up, actually, because <laughs> he's the one who calling her Leia in front of stormtroopers. He's the one like wearing Jedi robes when yeah, he's trying to yeah, escape but... Jedi hunters. Like, there's some things that break the experience for me. Leia's not necessarily one of them, except when somebody tries to chase her. That's definitely a, a there's a experience oh, yeah. breaking there. There's full grown adults. Man. Are having a hard time chasing down a 10-year-old. Oh, no, there's a branch in front yeah. of me. I can't go forward. We're chasing down those a 10-year-old who guys, runs three miles an hour at, at tops. Yeah,
0: those those two bounty hunters were probably the worst fit bounty hunters in probably the whole entire galaxy because uh, <laughs> yeah. the green guy was huffing and puffing the entire way. You know? Yeah. So, there there are things about the show and I, I I'm in agreement with everybody. Uh the the show is probably right now um just a, a smidgen below first season of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um but there there are things that that kind of stop me from, from showering with you know with praise. Um first of all, I am not a fan of the soundtrack at all. Mm-hmm horrible the the soundtrack to me um is is probably the least star warsy of all the properties that we've seen so far you know and and it's very over the top and it's very i'm that almost takes me out of the experience just because the soundtrack of star wars is something that's so essential to the experience right Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and for for me, it's just not working. You know, I don't I don't know why they changed the composer from the other shows and stuff, but they have, and it's it just I'm not getting a I'm getting a fake Star Wars vibe from here, like like a a sci fi a sci fi
1: concoction of of the show, right? Yeah, like the soundtrack. Like what is his name? Ludwig Gor- Goransson has been the the standout m- musical person for the Star Wars shows. I mean, he's a he's a a super musician i saw a whole mm-hmm. documentary about what he does and he does po- a lot of popular music like a huge amount of popular music yeah, they, they should as they well.
0: let him on this series as well yeah i
1: mean he know. just he just makes great music and like it's it's a great fusion of whatever the show mm-hmm. needs thematically and star wars mm-hmm. every time so it is yeah that is a little bit weak um there's I'll something for me go ahead go ahead yeah.
0: yeah, the the other two things, and I'll be brief because I I have a feeling you're probably going to hit on this also. So we we, we might have this as a group discussion. We might, yes. Um, mm. the Jedi powers is is very uneven, especially when it concerns Riva.
1: Yeah, um, and the fifth because, brother, their power yeah. imbalance is not clear.
0: Well, well, not not even that. You know, just the way that they use their their Jedi powers is specifically tailored to. Mm-hmm. What the story needs, and one of the perfect examples Ooh, yeah. is um, the first interaction where we saw her in Tatooine with Owen. Mm-hmm. And you know, she clearly has some misgivings about what Owen is exactly. I, the first thing that I said was, Why doesn't she use that whole mind trick where she can pull the theories? And AJ was like, maybe she doesn't know
1: how to do it. And guess what? The very next episode, she does it. And the thing that's annoying, too, is you know? that they try to explain it in some way later, right? Because when she tries to do it to Leia, it's like, oh, Leia has some force ability that allows her, which is a bit much, okay, that this little kid has the ability to block a, a trained Sith, kind of, to block mm-hmm. their mind powers, to ability to read minds. Um, but they try to explain it, and then they... They didn't do it when she cuts off that poor woman's hand. And like you said, when she has that interaction with Owen, Lars, Joel Edgerton, uh, yep. trying to find out where Obi-Wan is. And it doesn't okay. it doesn't even make it clear like they do, because I think somebody mentioned it's random. It was it was really easy how Obi-Wan gets away at the end of the last episode. But at least they again explain it that that was part of her plan. Right. To, for right. her for them to lead them to other people that they can kill. Yep. so yeah
0: the the last the last issue that i have is an issue that um was prevalent especially toward the end of game of thrones mm-hmm. um location location of characters where like and how quickly how quickly they get to places yeah. without any effort and and so we saw it in the the kind of the chase scene uh, on the rooftops but it was super apparent i think it was that last episode The one before four. Okay, that one. Where the (laughs) escape in the tunnel, (laughs) she was at one end of the tunnel, and five minutes later, by the time Leia reached, she was just waiting for her Mm -hmm. and killed everybody in the process. And and so Obi-Wan specifically has a really, really tough time with time and location and placing of characters. And that's something that, again, we're going to go back to Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones had that issue, especially in that last season where, um, you know, they were going from the dragon back to the back to the um, back to the wall.
1: Right. Yeah. And they were bringing and Gendry like sprinted in like exactly 10 minutes. He got there.
0: They're having a big they're having a tough time trying to figure that out within the timeline. And, And it's. It's not even subtle. It's like
1: totally in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to point out that something that's been pointed out about Gendry before. The dude had never even seen Snow in his life because he was from the South. And he (laughs) was able to sprint through it with no problems. But we're not talking about Game of Thrones here. We're talking about Kenobi. We're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. The thing that's messing it up a little bit for me is the thing that I also love about it. And I'll explain. Is that for the first couple of episodes, I was having a, a... a blast with how the show didn't really have like a specific theme. And what I mean by that or genre, what I mean by that is like, it's not clearly a comedy. It's not clearly a drama. It just allows the character allowed the characters more so in the first couple of episodes to just be like kind of real characters. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Flea as like one of the bounty hunters as Vect Nakru, crew. Like, It's kind of cool that there's somebody that's as weird and eccentric as him as a bounty hunter in Star Wars. Kamil Nanjani as Haja was another good example for me. Like the show doesn't have to have be comedic. It doesn't have to be a comedic show, like as the genre. But in a real in a real world, in a real situation, you would have somebody like a Kamal Nanjani who's just like the funny person. You know what I mean? He just deals with everything through comedy and Ewan McGregor can be as stoic as he wants as Obi-Wan Kenobi in his interactions with him, but also have that little smart-ass edge that we love about Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Alec Guinness' character. So the interactions were great, but it's kind of breaking up against something. It's hitting up against the wall in a way because even though I love characters like the fifth brother, Sun Kang, playing him is, is cool. I think his menace and even his voice, some people might not like it. I think it's cool. It's weird.
2: Well, I it's like his voice. Yeah,
1: but like it's breaking up against... like. Somebody like Moses Ingram had how, the, how she plays Riva. She's just a real person, right? And I like that. But they're clashing up against each other a little bit. It's starting to rip a little bit at the seams for me. And, and the other part that I already mentioned is like the, these, these real characters making stupid decisions in order to drive the plot forward, which is always a failing of any show and has been a failing on this show as well. Like you said, well, perfect example. Why did Reva use her mind powers early on? And there's other examples of that, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to
0: say one thing about Reva and the fifth brother. I, I think that was done very clearly and with purpose, because if you look at the fifth brother, if you look at the ninth sister, if you look at the Grand Inquisitor, even, which is played by um, the guy from Homeland, and I can't remember his uh, Rupert, name off the top Rupert of my head. Rupert Friend. Rupert, Rupert Friend. Friend. Great actor, right? Mm-hmm. And and But I like his kind of... Arrogant menace, right? And and that's kind of the through line between all of these inquisitors, except for Riva. And I I think that was done on purpose yeah. because, you know, she is the outcast of the group. I mean, you you hear it in the interactions with the other inquisitors, and I think that's the reason why you have her in that in the way that she's playing that character because she is the outcast. She is the throwaway. She yeah. is the one that was only brought into the group not because of her personality but because of her skill right yeah and and so i think that was done purposefully um i'm gonna make one more mention Mm -hmm. and i i mentioned this to aj before which is weird to me but in a positive way james earl jones in this Mm -hmm. is 10 times better than he was in rogue one and i don't know why i don't why. I can tell you why. Uh, you're talking about oh, his voice, why? right? He's, yeah, yeah the because voice. there is digital. in Rogue One,
1: he did not sound like Vader. It's digital. They're using the is same that technology that they used for Mark Hamill in um, the Book of Boba Fett makes sense. to make him sound uh, like young Luke Skywalker, uh, to give James Earl Jones' voice the youth and power that he had before, more so before. So it's partially, it's him, 100%. But they're using right. digital audio technology to beef up his voice and make him sound more like the, the booming Vader that we so all they, know from the 70s. Mm-hmm. They, they auto-tuned James Earl they
0: Jones. They auto-tuned James <laughs> Earl Jones. <laughs> to, but you know what? I, 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 that makes a lot of sense. I'm not mad at masterfully it. masterfully done. I actually, actually wish that they would done. go back and do that for Rogue One. If there's one thing that you're going to do in terms of changing stuff, make that change because i remember watching rogue one and that was so awesome to see him there but the voice just didn't work for me i i I would look it looked like we were dealing with fake vader or maybe something was wrong with his voice modulator that was built into his chest plate or whatever if you're going to make a change then go back to rogue one and make that change so that it it's consistent along everything else lucas was never afraid to do that disney please Take that one no. piece that Lucas does oh, and fix Rogue
1: <laughs> Vader and Rogue.
2: Go back. All those, all those changes. It sounds
0: Lucas made incredible in this
1: series, especially it really, really does. with how great he is as a character, and with that hallway scene in Rogue One that I went back and watched again the other day, just because Vader's dope. The the question
0: is: Are we going to see uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin? I think so. Or are we going to? Because we already Greg, did. No, no, no. I know, but is he going to speak? We, yes, I think yeah, he will. Like he, we haven't seen like we've seen just brief snippets of him, you know. And and the whole thing was that Hayden Christensen in the back. At this point, Hayden, not really essential to the to the to the story so far. Yeah, it is li- literally just two seconds of him in scar tissue, and that's it.
1: I think we're going to see and him, I- but I think somebody that I was speaking to again um, that made the point about. Uh, Miss Marvel being a little bit like Scott Pilgrim. And he's right. A lot of it was just bringing back Hayden Christensen for hype, for like marketing. It's just like, hey, he's back. Like, he doesn't have to do much in order for people to be like, yeah, like, you know, because of how he's been reformed in the eyes of fans and how much people freaking love his character now, even though he was whiny in the prequels. Now they love how he's been reformed by the cartoons, kind of, right? Mm -hmm. And we know Hayden Christensen is an actor who can do that. You know, for better or for worse, George Lucas did not direct the actors. In the in the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy, especially very well, including Oscar winners like Natalie Portman, you know. So it's not the actor's fault in a lot of cases, and you know, you all know how like they have the body doubles set up as well on the show, right? Um, mm-hmm. And who does what scenes? Uh,
0: it, it, it's just it, it feels tragic to me that you're bringing in Hayden, who, like you said, has been reformed over these these years. For his portrayal of Anakin, and you're not going to
1: use him. It's just I
2: have a feeling. Polite. I have a and feeling we'll see I, him in that five. That does
1: sit well with me. I agree too. I agree. He's gonna.
2: Me. He's gonna be like one of those. He's gonna be the last hurdle Obi Wan faces before he, you know. Okay, I'm ready to fight Vader. Like it's probably gonna be one of those like guided force journeys or something like that.
3: No, please, no.
2: Just stop. It Could be a flashback. It could be something else.
0: Yeah, we have two more episodes before they um, they wrap this thing up. Which and is we crazy get to
2: the rematch of the century. No,
0: please.
2: Yeah. No. I, I will say this,
0: um, and, and this is something that is kind of, you know, the through line for the Marvel and the Star Wars properties. Six episodes, while tragic for us, seems to be the perfect point in telling these stories because you know what? You're not getting those filler episodes, which drove us nuts for mandalorian and it's a very very tight storyline that they're weaving in within these six episodes so i think um disney has has really you know hit that perfect point in terms of storytelling with this excuse me
1: with this six episode Um, format that they're going through Yes, I think that they've been smart in in keeping it a shorter tighter experience 100% for show for show for show Um, any thoughts theories uh, things that y'all are thinking about in terms of what's going to happen in the next few episodes I have two one is for the last thing we just mentioned I think we're going to see Anakin in either a flashback or he's going to remove the helmet at some point in order to confront Obi-Wan that's when you're going to see Hayden Christensen.
2: Uh, I kind of have a problem with that. Uh, <laughs> I did it
0: in, in Rebels, right? Sort of when uh,
2: no, that Ahsoka was fighting. Vader. That was just a cut in the mask. I know, but, but we, we
0: may see something like that. You know, I think maybe not the full helmet, but because it break away.
2: literally the entire armor, helmet included, mm-hmm. is his life support. Sure. But Obi Wan's got to defeat him somehow, right? I mean, yes, but like, and he's not going to kill yeah, him. Taking
3: off his that, that
0: is an interesting theory. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that's all, that's he's going to he master chief him. He's going to
1: John 117 him. He's going to take off his helmet oh God. and take away his powers.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's one way to beat him, but like, as far as Vader doing that himself, it's very ill advised. Okay. So maybe not that
1: maybe not that but some there's some i think in some way we're going to see him outside the helmet also because one of the actors that plays vader in the in the suit who does the not the stunt work but the acting the emoting in the suit said that he plays vader when you see him from head to toe and he made a specific point of saying with the helmet on with the helmet on i just want to say that the other theory that i have um, if y'all don't have any more opinions about this one, is that I think that I think that O'Shea Jackson Jr. if if Reva is not necessarily the youngling or was kidnapped as the Youngling that we see in the first episode because they're trying to make that obvious connection, right? The first youngling we see mm-hmm. could be Reva in episode one. Um, I think maybe the wife that O'Shea Jackson Jr. is talking about, um, might be Riva. I don't remember what his character's name was on this show. I'm sorry. Um, oh, maybe um, he says his wife was for had the power of the force, and they took her anyway. She had force. She was force sensitive. That's a theory that's out there that I think might have some legs. What about yeah. Huh.
0: Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fearing that you know they they've been dropped, and maybe this is me reading into it too too much, mm-hmm. and and I, this is a, a wild. Hot take, um, but it, it does kind of feel that they're trying to push Riva towards redemption here. Yeah, and I don't know no, why. Please. I don't I just, think I so. Really, 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 really hope that they don't do it towards redemption. Wait, where it. are you
2: getting that from? Yeah, she's
0: had, especially in her interactions with Leia. That's
2: because you know, she's a kid, and she was fully willing to torture her in the yeah.
3: next sequence. She's yeah. not.
0: I know, but they. I, I just. There's little things that happen within the show that I, that I you know, no that I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't fully explain it, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, that's why I said it's weird and it's probably a crazy take. But, you know, Disney loves redemption stories.
1: I think you're right because I think part of the point no. that they're trying to make is in a similar way to how the Jedi were wrong. That's why they have younglings in the first episode in the first scene. the Jedi were wrong yeah. for taking away from their them away from their families and the emotional damage that that caused. I think that a part of that is being reflected a little bit in moments like Walt said in little things that she says in Riva as well. but I also hope like you do, I don't want to see her redeemed. No. Um, I no. would actually like to see her in in the future um maybe not like a lot but like i don't want to see her like die here or or become a good guy here i would rather see her fleshed out in future projects possibly and or ahsoka or like some other property where she could Listen, fit into the timeline
0: there is there is talk of a season two for the series or that
1: or that you know i mean it's always a, a I... little up in the air for that especially with a right. property and an actor like and mcgregor but i would
2: <laughs> yeah that would be okay with me. Uh-oh. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. It really depends. I really right? don't I see I was coming in here with the assumption that this would be it. I don't I don't think look, I love Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. Believe me when I say that. I really do. But to have having him more and more in the series is like, I don't know, like, I get that Obi-Wan is a character. He has agency in some points. But, like, it's always been the thing that he's stuck on Tatooine. If you have him going out and doing all these things that could potentially jeopardize Luke's safety and where he is again you're messing with the whole flow of the original trilogy and i don't
3: vibe with Hon- that honestly it's not even just that for me it feels like they already mentioned it it's the end of the skywalker saga and i know that's very that's a very like very loose and very vague um statement but to be honest it gives me the the impression that we're done with all oh. of that And we're going back to Luke Skywalker as it is right now. I mean, you have Obi-Wan guarding him and whatever. So it's really just, it's in a really annoying position because I don't want to be seeing any more of this. As much as I love the original, uh, the original sort of stuff, it's supposed to be the, it was supposed to be the end of this. I wanted to move on and start telling new stories and different stories. Not going back to the same crap where we have Vader we 're gonna have re- uh historic Star Wars uh Star Wars fans love this uh sort of like rematches and stuff because it's really just fan service that I'm I really didn't I don't like at all I don't know you know I didn't expect myself well there I think that but.
1: when we when we talk about this in the finale I think we can wrap this up now but when we talk about this the finale I guess when when we watch it and when we get to it The question that I wanted to get to today that y'all kind of just touched upon that we need to ask is how is it fitting in with the original trilogy and the canon? Because there's a lot of people that are complaining about Leia and her relationship with Obi-Wan. We didn't get to that. Yeah, We don't have enough time to get to that today, but we got to get to that in the future. Uh, But I think that it's actually kind of us to wait until the series is over because I want to see how they wrap up the first season. And it'll also answer the question for me. I feel like I could get one more season, and that's it. But it really depends on how they wrap up this season. So I want to have those two conversations 100% for sure when we're wrapped up with this first season and we get to discuss the finale on the podcast.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, like, maybe Obi-Wan learns Force Forget in this in the process of the show. Like, yeah, that's what I was possibly uh, I, thinking. I <laughs> Men in Black power, yeah. I, I
1: was thinking about that. I don't know if I would like that. So that's why yeah, I don't know how yeah. I'd like that
0: either. That's why yeah, I'm that waiting. Seems, that also seems incredibly vicious to, for Obi Wan to do to Leia, yeah.
2: but he would do that. Yeah. for Luke, he might do it to protect her. He's already, you know, yeah, he's true. already shown that he's willing to cast Luke. away even Jedi to their deaths for Luke.
0: Yeah, but those those things slowly break obi-wan you know I, I don't i don't know if he would be mentally in that space because i mean obi-wan when we saw him he was at the very beginning he was probably as low in, a, in as low a point that you can be you know and he's he's slowly bringing himself out of that well, that was probably when but vader almost burned him to death
1: that was yeah he's still not
0: at that place he he is not Prequel Obi Wan, he's not even ten percent there.
1: Yet. Although he he whoops some butt at the end of the last episode, but
3: we'll,
0: we'll leave it at that. I, I, lo- I love I love the and, and this is the last point I am going to make. I love the callback to Attack of the Clones when he was fighting General Grievous and he had that hallway scene mm-hmm. where he punched mm-hmm. the guy and he was like, Yeah, ah. yeah. yeah, that's he, not Attack completely... of the Clones. No, it wasn't. It's it's Revenge of the Sith. Revenge General the Sith. Grievous
2: is only in Revenge of the Sith. There you go. So um. Clearly he
1: is not an MMA fighter, let's
2: put it that way. No, he has soft Jedi
1: hands. Another point made by go. one of my one of my favorite channels, YouTube Screen Crush. Um anyways, right. anyways, we're gonna have a lot more to speak about on this show for sure, one hundred percent.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh when we finish up. The the consensus is pretty good, I guess, so far with, with yes. holes um and we're waiting as we try to it's swiss cheese it tastes good but there are so many holes. yeah sometimes you want a little more substance out of that cheese you want a little bit more cheese out of the cheese but we'll see if we get that cheese by the end of the season and i'm gonna give you all the cheese now um we're gonna end this episode and i want to remind y'all um to like, rate, share, and subscribe to all of our social media platforms the YouTubes, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, and the TikToks, the Preciouses of the world. Please check us out at Gecky Podcast, hashtag Gecky Podcast. Do it. Um, and in as many places as you possibly can. And please, on all your favorite podcast platforms, like, rate, share, subscribe, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That is the best way to support one of your favorite podcast crews. So everyone, uh, as usual, I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time, everyone, please stay geeky, my friend.